Hello and a very happy new year from all of us on The Gold Podcast. I'm Helena Beer, the editor of Gold, and today I am delighted to be sharing this bonus episode with you. It's our farmer forecast for the year ahead, and I am joined by my co-host and the assistant editor of Gold, Isabel O'Brien. How are you, Isabel? I'm good. Back for 2023. Very exciting. Uh, We did this episode last year for some of our longer term listeners and it was very popular. So looking forward to sharing some more predictions this time around. Absolutely. So from the seemingly inevitable convergence of the real and digital worlds to an increase in regulatory crackdowns, myself and Isabel will be taking you through some 2023 predictions from a host of pharma and health thought leaders, all of whom have contributed to the Gold podcast over the past year or so. Yes, I am very much looking forward to peering into our guests' crystal balls and seeing what insights they can provide for us for the year ahead. So shall we get started? I think we should. So first up at the table, we have Liz Ashel-Payne, who is a digital health aficionado and co-founder and CEO at Orca. Delving into her specialist subject, Liz shared with us some of her predictions for 2023, kicking off with her thoughts on digital integration into the health and care space. That's right. So let's have a listen. Hi, my name's Liz Ashall-Payne. I'm the founding chief exec at Orca, and I wanted to share with you my 2023 predictions for digital health. Um, I'm going to give my predictions on a global basis and maybe give a couple of examples as to why. So the first thing to say is digital health is going to um, be used and used far more significantly in the health and care space and I think that's going to not just expand across health and care providers but also across employers and that's because unfortunately the capacity within the healthcare system is just really struggling to deal with the demand that they're facing and I think when you look at some of the waiting lists and some of the challenges around capacity to see people, what we're going to start to see is a digital first. Now, traditionally, I've always said that um, the digital situation would be something that is offered as an enhancement to care. And unfortunately, I think what we're going to see is a replacement. So those patients who are used to going to clinic to have their warfarin checked will now be doing that independently. Those people who were um, going into GP practices to have conversations um, whilst they're waiting for, say, a knee or a hip operation and they're struggling with sleep, depression or pain will be offered a digital technology. Those people in prehab, um, getting them ready for an operation will be given digital to get them as ready as possible. And of course, post-operation in that rehab phase, again, people will be giving um, technology to discharge them early so that they can have physiotherapy etc at home from a digital device um, and that's really because of the situation that we find ourselves in. I definitely think that this is also going to be a situation for mental health as we have a mental health crisis and um, the waiting list for mental health support are significant and we're seeing more people turn up requiring crisis management um, and so digital health will be offered as an intervention predominantly to prevent people from needing intervention, but also whilst people are waiting. I think in line with that increased use, we're also going to see significant 
push on regulations and the safety element because our research at Orca has shown that only 9% of digital health technologies currently out there are safe and quality. And um, of course, if we're going to use technology um, as a replacement, um, we're going to need to make sure that those technologies that are deployed are safe, um, data um, secure, and also clinically evidenced. And so we're definitely going to start to see um, a significant impact of technologies who are safe and clinically efficate being used and differentiating themselves. And then I suppose that the final thing, which is a hope rather than a prediction, is that we start to see reimbursement linked to that quality criteria and regulation so that um, digital health suppliers are incentivised to make sure their product is as good as it can possibly be. Thanks so much. Bye. Digital health can be a brilliant and easily accessible form of treatment for those suffering from mental health conditions and, as Liz mentioned, can be a really useful interim solution while healthcare waiting times continue to increase. I couldn't agree more. Digital therapeutics obviously made some waves across 2022 as well, so it will be very exciting to see how this progresses further over the year ahead. And our next guest, John Warber, who is medical head of the Global Digital Hub at GSK, additionally touched on the increased prevalence of digital within pharma. Now, John, you may remember, was a Catalyst interviewee for Gold in December. And within that interview, he shared some great insights around the field of medical affairs, his tried and true specialty. That's right. We'll link that interview and his podcast in the show notes. But for now, he spoke to us about his forecast for medical affairs in this upcoming clip. So let's hear what he had to say. Happy New Year, everyone. Uh, My name is John and I am the uh, medical head of the Global Digital Hub uh, at GSK. And here are my predictions for 2023. 2023 is going to be really exciting for medical affairs We've already seen a huge acceleration in digital transformation within medical, and 2023 will be the year for action. Digital has become a necessity to support scientific engagement, and it's now or never for making it happen. We've all been talking about omnichannel and the importance of adopting the approach and integrating it within our plans. And medical will now become a key player in this space, bringing in medical insights that can support the shaping of omnichannel strategies And with that, there will be a shift in capabilities needed within medical affairs with a significant focus on digital experience and skills. We'll also see collaborations with digital opinion leaders, which will form a significant part of content creation, ensuring that content is fit for purpose for the audience. I also think there will be increased adoption of things like virtual influencers to support digital or virtual engagements and provide customizable, accurate, and consistent information in a more relatable, personalized, and interactive experience. They can also support with the omnichannel engagement across several platforms. We've seen a huge rise in the popularity of virtual influencers in other industries, and I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing pharma adopting this in some shape or form this year. Another big and growing trend is artificial intelligence and its application in drug discovery and identification of possible biological targets. They could potentially be combined with novel techniques such as organs on chips platforms or OOCs, which can test the therapeutic efficacy and safety of an identified molecule and target in different organ systems and potentially in different people. This is truly exciting as the platform allows for better biological fidelity along with experimental control of human tissue.
such a range of exciting opportunities there for medical affairs, as I think you'll all agree, especially in the digital space, as mentioned. The concept of digital no longer being a separate entity has arisen time and time again on the podcast, and it seems that this is going to continue to be a key topic well into the year ahead. Now the industry has a much more comfortable relationship with digital, 2023 provides a time to implement the right strategies and procedures to succeed, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with you there as well. And John mentioned the increased amount and quality of collaboration with KOLs within the pharma industry. And that's certainly something that we here at Gold have been seeing too as of late. In fact, we have a feature on this subject coming out in February. So do keep a lookout for that. But businesses are coming to realise the real positive impact a strong opinion leader can have. And this is something that our next guest, Haider Alleg, general partner at Allegory Capital, also touches upon with his predictions. 2023, Haider speaking for Gold to talk about some prediction on what the pharma industry might face in 2023. Hitting you up right now with the first one, patient will voice out anything at the scale never seen before. And when I say that, I speak of TikTok, for example, where not only you will see the emergence of new communities, but you will see the impact and the scale of said communities never seen before. The, the speed and, and the quality of those interaction will outperform any marketing team that we have seen operating before. So this is to be, this is to be followed carefully through. And that is true for the second one. I'm going now to switch to the HCP side. So a healthcare professional will become, in my opinion, the fastest growing category in the world of influence marketing. When I say influencer, I'm not talking about the big key opinion leader that are publishes in the big, in the big journals. I'm speaking about nano or micro healthcare professional that are influencing their patient pool and beyond. So I truly believe this is something that will come up as a trend to not be taken lightly by pharma companies, especially when you have to position yourself for a scientific credibility. Number three, regulation frameworks will become clearer, but also more heavier. So if you're not ready yet for new data privacy framework in some of your countries, or if you're not ready for digital health space regulation, this is coming this year. So I think it is a good sign that the regulators are understanding that we need more clarity in order to be more creative and in order to innovate in the space. At the same time, they are defining new rules of the game. And I think this is where the industry needs to follow through, I guess. They've been doing that for years, but that this is another, an, an added complexity. So I think it's going to add more work and increase the cost of operating in those spaces. Regulation definitely going to be something to watch. Thank you so much for this. Take care. Bye. I think we've definitely all seen the impact that social media can have over the last year or so, be it positive or negative. And Haida's comments on the rise of the patient voice through their preferred forums rings quite true to that. If you're interested in the recent issues Pharma has been battling in the social media space, stay on the lookout for Gold's next cover feature in our magazine launching on the 14th of February. Hmm. I have two words for you, Elon and Musk. I think we'll <laughs> leave it there. I think that's perfect. <laughs> 
So additionally, Haider mentioned in that clip that new regulation will be coming for pharma in the near future and that this is something the industry needs to keep a close eye on. And well, our next guest, Jennifer Kane Burke-Moser, co-founder and CEO at Viva Valley and senior principal at IQVIA, expands upon this through her predictions for the new HTA legislation coming to pharma in 2025. And specifically, she discusses a little bit about how this year will be one of preparation. This is Jennifer Kane Birkmoza coming to you from Viva Valley with predictions in healthcare and pharmaceutical sector for 2023. I think one huge theme that we're going to be pulling forward into 2023 is the theme of fatigue, exhaustion, um, and depletion that we see in the healthcare sector, be that from physicians, nurses, social care, etc. Um, and a trend that we're seeing is likely um, absenteeism growing into full-scale departures of up to 30% in the healthcare sector um, globally. Um, again, that's across all healthcare giver states. And I think in a post-COVID world, this makes sense. We as a human race are exhausted, healthcare workers are exhausted, and it's fascinating just this morning waking up to hearing that Jacinta Ardern, the Prime Minister of New Zealand, has also resigned, citing that she doesn't have enough energy in the tank. So if I speak on behalf of what we see in the healthcare system, we have fatigue, we have absenteeism. If you call it quiet quitting in 2022, possibly we'll have active quitting in 2023. We've already seen early rumbles of this in January in the NHS, where we've had full-scale, large-scale nursing shortages and nursing walkouts all through the month of January. I think that that is going to build momentum over the course of the year where we will see larger scale nursing physician walkouts. Again, that means that we're going to have a gap in delivery of healthcare services, which means that certain um, at-risk populations, vulnerable populations will be put more closely at risk. So looking at social care, for example, elder care, for example, around the um, components of emergency admission, discharge procedures, skilled nursing facilities, and then discharge to home. Are those kinds of individuals going to have the level of support that they need with a shrinking healthcare system? Prediction number two is really around the implementation of European HTA legislation. So in 2022, that came into full force. Um, the European Commission appointed the HTAC, which is the coordination body to make this all come to life. We now know moving forward that European HTA will be in full force launching in 2025 um, with its its first uh, rollouts in the pharmaceutical sector in oncology, health technology assessments, assessments. So what that means is that in 2023, it is a year of preparation. It is a year of checking. It is a year of last minute consultations on what will be binding what levels of relative efficacy will be put in place, where, what, are, what are member states on the hook for, and there's going to be a lot of activity amongst pharmaceutical manufacturers in collaboration with physicians groups, patient groups, member states, HTA bodies, to really clearly identify what is going to go into these European-level um, HTA assessments, what will be required to be taken forward into the member states. So we start to do kind of simulations of what that looks like from a PICOS perspective, understanding how we need to be staffing organizations from an organizational readiness perspective, both on the government side, on the member state side, and also on the manufacturer side. So it's a year of preparation. 
Um, and I think a lot of companies are starting to wake up that this is actually a reality and I, the, the mood there is fear. So we'll be seeing a lot of that activity around HTA, European HTA preparation. The healthcare industry, especially in the UK and US, has indeed seen its fair share of strikes from healthcare professionals across recent months. And as Jen hints there, it will be instrumental for patients in 2023 that pharma steps in to cover the gaps. If the industry hopes to continue delivering its medicines and treatments to vulnerable patient populations in the year ahead, they must look to support the healthcare system wherever they can. Indeed, and working together with groups providing access may prove vital in delivering true duty of care to patients. Speaking of cross-industry collaborations, our next guest, Emma Booth, Executive Director of Global Business Process and Insights Lead at Amgen, touches on this within her own forecast for the year. Let's take a listen. Hello, my name is Emma Booth. I am an Executive Director within the R&D strategy and operations team at Amgen. I've been asked to give a couple of my uh, recommendations or predictions for 2023. And the first one is really the continued rise of the value of of the volume um, of data. So we're going to continue to see that increased focus on harnessing the power and unlocking the value of data. It's, um, you know, everybody is aware that during the last few years, we've seen this exponential rise and and at times infoxication of the amount and and types of data that are available. And they continue to grow as we um, build additional digital technologies and tools and wearables. Um, These, you know, even richer data sources can help us across all components of the drug development and commercialization process. And the winners in the next coming um, 12 months are going to be those people that can really uh, be agile and utilize innovative ways to integrate these data um, to drive the faster and and more accurate decision making within the organization and those that really embed this as part of the culture and part of the status quo. um, This also leads into the second prediction of mine is that um, as an industry we're going to be looking for people with new and diverse skill sets the people that are going to be of increasing value are going to be those that are, have the, the ability to, to handle um, constant change, to really um, build new partnerships. So building marriages between technology companies and industry. So those that are able to translate really the um, uneasy uh, d- d- sort of clashes in, in working practices and, and cultures um, and translate um, the business need and also provide that integration well between the different disciplines. Um, these people are going to be, you know, integrators. They're going to be people with a high um, EQ and um, open mindset, really those that are curious about the world around them, about how they can apply different principles from other industries. Um, and they will be the ones that will ultimately help uh, organizations to be successful in the year ahead. So those are my two key priorities or, or two key um Uh, predictions for 2023 that we will really be seeing a huge um, progress in uh, the harnessing of of data and and the people that will be succeeding will be those that are able to do that well Um, and the people that are really behind um, these activities and those that are able to transverse across the different um, elements between technology and and the biotech or the pharma industry are going to be of um, huge value and, and maybe the unicorns for 2023. Thank you. 
I'm really looking forward to seeing how an environment of cross-industry knowledge is supported within pharma over the next year. It can provide such valuable insights and bring great skill sets to the table that may otherwise have been overlooked. Mm, Yes, I agree. And I think it'll also be interesting to keep up with how the industry unlocks the true value of those increased data volumes that Emma mentioned. New data is being created, collected, collated every second of every day, an absolute ocean of information at farmers' fingertips. So it really is important to make the most of it. Absolutely. And the industry is always shifting and changing. So it's nice to finish off our guests' predictions on such an uplifting note as we look toward the coming year. Absolutely. And that brings us to the end of Gold's 2023 Farmer Forecast. It's shaping up to be a great year and I hope you enjoy keeping up with our magazines and podcasts as we introduce you to the new and exciting topics we have in the pipeline. If you'd like to listen to more of Liz, John, Hyde, Jen and Emma's insights, you can find the links to their individual episodes in the show notes below. And if you aren't already, do make sure to subscribe to Gold so you don't miss out. As you mentioned earlier, the next issue of the magazine is out on the 14th of February, so do be on the lookout for its launch. Uh, We'll also be releasing season four of the podcast very soon, so that is another thing to keep your eye out for. Indeed it is, but until next time on The Gold Podcast, it's goodbye from us. Take care.